0: This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Hedua, the Home Educating Family Association and the publishers of Dear Magazine. You can find them online at Hedua.com. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life Podcast. This is Fletch.
1: And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel.
0: On the Homeschooling IRL Podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 71 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, Homeschooling with Dyslexia.
1: Did you say that right?
0: I did. I think <laughs> letters lined up. And you know, one of the things our listeners are going to find out on this episode, Kendra, is I think I struggle with dyslexia. I know. <laughs> so hang in there. We're going to get to that topic, but we have a few things we want to go over. Uh, With you, I have something I wanted to bring up Before we get this show underway And I'm reading the book Prodigal God Well, so are you For our community group Yes And I read this section this week And I sent it to you Because I thought it was so good As it relates to homeschoolers So, you know, the premise of this book Is that Timothy Keller is talking Not just about prodigal sons But about older brothers Right And I sent you this section this week That I thought was so cool So let me just read it really quick In the book, Timothy Keller says, Religious and moral duties are a great burden, often a crushing one. Emotional frustration and inner boredom with life is repressed and denied. Now, he's talking about elder brothers here. Sure. He says, Elder brothers are under great pressure to appear, even to themselves, happy and content. That's the reason that sometimes highly moral elder brothers will blow up their lives, and to the shock of all who know them throw off the chains of their obligations, and begin living like younger brothers. Kenj, is that not something we see with homeschool kids that have just had enough of the moral duties?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But Fletch, um, I've seen this in adults as well.
0: Oh yeah, totally. And that's why I wanted to share it, because we see a lot of homeschoolers who are living by the rules, but they're not happy.
1: Oh my goodness. Fletch, this was me. I mean, I think I've told this story before of that time I was in the van driving by myself and was just like, if if this is an easy yoke and a light burden, I I I give up. I can't like, I can't do this anymore because it wasn't what Christ puts on us. It was me putting yeah. all this behavior
0: on exactly. And, and you know, listeners, we just wanted to share that with you. You know, this this life we walk with Christ is supposed to be joy filled, and part of this Christian life that a lot of us are choosing is homeschooling and on it, turn those frowns upside down, people. Let's have some fun with this. That's why we like to live life real on this show. Hey, you had something you wanted to share.
1: Yeah, so Fletch, you know, I'm a blogger and I've been blogging for a lot, a lot of years, way before we were podcasting. And, you know, a lot of blogging has changed over the years and whatnot, but what's interesting to me is that as we started this podcast, we have this blog that goes along with it at homeschoolingirl.com. And I'm saying that because probably... 99.9% of our listeners do, they don't do know this. Yeah, they <laughs> download this off stuff.
0: iTunes and then maybe never right. even go to our website.
1: Right. And so the thing is, you know, I'm scrambling to get these blog posts and things I think our listeners would want and I'm really trying to get good content on there and all of this. And I think, really, nobody cares. I mean, that's... (laughs) that's You people care.
0: (laughs) Tell us you care. (laughs) Well, okay, so... Maybe they just care about the podcast. I I don't know. Maybe they just want to hear us. And
1: that's okay. And that's totally great. But I was compelled to put up a blog post just tonight, right before we started recording, um, because we get some really... Wonderful letters from listeners. Um,
0: yeah, and this week we were off the hook on that episode on sexual abuse. Yeah, yeah. And a ton of people were writing in.
1: Right, so we have that, but then we also had somebody write in, in a very gut-wrenching story of a courtship gone wrong in their family.
0: Yes, from our episode with Thomas Amstead, uh, yeah. Right,
1: and so Fletch, you responded to her in such a wonderful way. And, and, you know, I don't know if our listeners at this point, if anybody who's listening to this episode understands that our oldest son was in a relationship that led to to um, an engagement five days before the wedding, it all came crashing down. And that was not a traditional courtship, you know, like what we think of as a Christian courtship sort of a relationship, but we understand that heartbreak um, in, in a destroyed relationship, and we understand what it does to a family, what it does to the the son or daughter involved in that both that of whole them, thing. Yeah, yeah. Both kids. And so, um, I just loved your response so much that I wanted to post it. So I'm telling all of our listeners that um, if you head on over to homeschoolingirl.com and look at the blog, um, this post is called "What to Do When Courtships Fail." So that's up there. But I also wanted to tell you that if you are interested in in us continuing to write and putting up some helpful things, would you let us know? Because I'm I'm totally willing to do that. Um, But also let us know what kinds of things you'd like to see up there. What would be truly helpful to you? Um, And then also make sure you subscribe. So if you go to our site and subscribe, You'll get you know that stuff into your your inbox without even having to try.
0: Yeah, so just reach out to us either on Facebook or on email, info at homeschoolingirl.com, and let us know if that's something you even want. Because, you know, I, truthfully, I mean, if we're going to be real, let's not dedicate our time to blogging if people right. aren't going to read it. I mean, right. If it's it as an impact of two, then.
1: Gonna... Well, and you know what? If you're even, if the courtship, Thing is even a question in you know, your family or something you've been through or are going through or want to do or don't want to do or you know, whatever it is that that is pertaining to your family, this post on courtship's failing um, just really might minister you to.
0: Now, one more thing before we get on to our show tonight, and that's we are celebrating two years of podcasting Wahoo. on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, which is our network of podcasts. And if you want to win a really cool prize, or at least be entered to win a really cool prize, you need to head on over there. Now, it's the com. You can go over to their Facebook page. Just uh, go to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network or follow any of our links. Really, people, I know you know how to find it. So um, use your mouse, click around the internet, and find this page. <laughs> um, some of the things they can win are i think there was there you can win sheer cash in amazon echo uh what was the other one
1: teeks do you know what these are you no, know i have what no these idea are. What you're a guy are. okay so teeks are these really wonderful i guess they must be because they're super expensive and anytime i've gone to look at them i'm like oh these shoes are so great they look so comfortable they look so well made and you know yada yada and then they're 175 that's the starting price of wow a pair of teaks. For, both I know. Or for one <laughs> Sheesh. I will, yeah. And, the, uh, and they was... make your legs walk automatically. No, I'm getting no. <laughs> like I've looked at her for a second. I'm like, they do? That well, they so should. Cool. No. So anyways, you can choose one of those great prizes or $200 in cash.
0: Yeah. So head on over there and you will be able to find uh, some other great podcasts. You know, we've, we've promoted a lot of podcasts on this show. And I don't know if you actually go over and check them out. But if you do, tell them that Fletch and Kendra sent you. That is our fluff time. And it really wasn't fluff. We really wanted to talk about some stuff tonight. You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. (laughs) All right. Let's get on with our discussion about dyslexia, Kenj. Um, Wait. No, wait. We can't yet. I want to do something special. Normally, this is when we would go to a commercial. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast this week about podcasting.
1: Okay. And, you know. Wait a minute. A podcast about podcasting?
0: But. Bring the nerd sign now. <laughs> um, you know, I was talking to uh, this. I was listening. Sorry, I wasn't talking. I was listening because I was listening to a podcast. And you know on websites, Kenj, if you don't want to read ads, yeah. you can put ad blocker on. Right. Did you know there's an ad blocker for podcasts? Really? Well, if you're listening to it on your iPod, any iPod catcher or any podcatcher. There's the skip ahead 15 seconds button, ah. which is a built-in ad blocker. Okay. So if people didn't want to listen to the ad, sure. as great as we make them, they right. would just skip ahead. So I didn't want to put an ad in this week. I just wanted to talk about this product and talk a little bit about ads on our show. Okay, We only uh, partner with companies that we believe in. Yes. So our sponsor, our current sponsor, we have two of them, but our, our main sponsor is Hedgewa, the Home Educating Family Association. And we... Didn't just choose them. We didn't go out and say, hey, we wanted to advertise. Mm-hmm. They came to us, mm-hmm. and we're very skeptical when people come to us. We've been <laughs> asked twice this week uh-huh. for advertising. Yeah. And you know when Hedgewick came to us, we wanted to see their products. They sent us an entire box of their products, all their planners, yeah. their magazines. And then I got on the phone, and I spoke with the editor and publisher, mm-hmm. Rebecca Kelleher, mm-hmm. And, you know, I really got to know the family behind this company. And so I wanted to stop and just talk a little bit about it and say, you know, as our listeners, we would love for you to go to our sponsors, whether it's them or Caroline's Coffee. You know, I drink Caroline's Coffee because it's really good coffee. Today I got my package. Uh, I got a nice box of uh, I I got some Panamanian coffee. And it had the little note in it, signed by Monica, with a little heart Aww. over the eye. You know, the whole thing. It's, it's a personal company. And then this past weekend, we hung out with the owners of Caroline's Coffee We did at a wedding. And <laughs> yeah. it was, you know, there's these are real people. So yeah. you listen to us because you like this show. Well, one of the ways you can help this show is to actually go to our sponsors and use their products. So whether that's Hedua or Caroline's Coffee or anything else we promote here— we want you to know that we are promoting them because we believe in them, and we really think that these are good companies, so much so that when people have had issues with anything we've said, you know they had a hard time downloading a link or something, they write us, we contact the company, and it gets done. You know what I mean, yeah, so you know, we're not just talking about these companies, and you know oh, they sponsor us. If you like this podcast and you want us to keep doing it, we need you as our listeners to head on over so um a little more of a sales pitch tonight and not really a sales pitch just a plea to our listeners that um we need you to to go over and and give some traffic to our sponsors and we are really appreciate you
1: do you want to hear something really cool yes always one of our listeners shauna messaged me tonight and sent me a picture a photograph of their her recent caroline's coffee order
0: are you kidding me
1: (laughs) no isn't that cool
0: that's super cool yeah Yeah, super cool. And they are from Northern California. I know that Sean is from Northern California. So that wasn't a big ship, but they will ship anywhere in the United States. Sorry, overseers. I don't think they ship overseas. Uh, So anyhow, go check those out. And again, our sponsors on this episode are Hedgewa and Caroline's Coffee. So now on with the show.
1: We are on the line with Marianne Sunderland, who is a mom of eight children and a blogger, and also a, a homeschooling mom who is homeschooling seven kids with dyslexia. So she is a bit of a, an, just a hands-on expert in this area. Welcome, Marianne. We're glad to have you here.
2: Thanks, Kendra. Glad to be here.
0: Hey, uh, Marianne, if you could do us a favor and tell us a little bit about who you are. That was a great intro. That was awesome, Kendra. I'm not saying it wasn't a good intro. But maybe who you are, where you are, and a little bit about your family, age span, homeschooling history.
2: Sure, sure. Um, So this is our 21st year of homeschooling. Um, Our eight kids range from 24 down to five. And um, let's see. I guess uh, people might know of our two oldest kids, Zach and Abby Sunderland. They both took their junior years off of high school to sail. Uh, Zach is the youngest American to sail around the world alone. And Abby, she was on course to be, but her boat was rolled in the middle of the Indian Ocean about halfway through her trip. And so everyone knows about Abby because of the controversy. But um, they're both awesome sailors, totally dyslexic outside the box thinkers, adventurers. Um, what else? So yes, seven of our eight kids have dyslexia. You know, We've been battling, trying to figure it out and wade through false information about dyslexia that's rampant. And last year, I actually got certified as an Orton-Gillingham dyslexia tutor. So I teach our kids at home now, which has been um, just all kinds of wonderful for the most part.
0: That's awesome. Hey, we're going to get into this discussion on dyslexia, and I want to start with the very basics for our listeners. Um, maybe you could answer the question, and not necessarily what is dyslexia, but also what is not dyslexia?
2: hmm Yeah, that's my favorite topic. Um, sure. Well, you know, obviously, well, everyone understands that dyslexia has something to do with reading, and and the telltale sign is that you have a An otherwise bright person who's struggling to learn to read. And that's where the the myths come in because oftentimes it looks like laziness or maybe willfulness because they're so frustrated they're crying or possibly shouting, right? So so a lot of times um, the dyslexia is masked by these behaviors and people think, oh, my kid's just being lazy or willful. But that's not true. So um, that's one of the biggest myths about dyslexia. People with dyslexia actually are extremely intelligent. Uh, They just learn differently. Um, Another thing is that people will never outgrow dyslexia. People sometimes will say, oh, I used to be dyslexic, right? So maybe they were mildly dyslexic and they were able to compensate without much help. But there's different degrees of dyslexia, mild, moderate to profound. And we have all the range in our family. Some people say that dyslexia doesn't exist. Um, You often hear that in the schools. They'll say they're very, unfortunately, very uneducated about dyslexia within the school system. Uh, But it's actually one of the most highly researched um, learning disabilities that there is right now. So there's a lot of Solid research coming out of Yale University. Uh, In fact, Sally Shaywitz wrote a book on it called um, Overcoming Dyslexia that kind of discusses all the different research. Um, You know, there's no medication for it. It's not caused by bad diet or bad parenting or watching too much TV. Uh, It's not a visual problem. A lot of people will uh, put their kids, this is one of the expensive treatments that's available supposedly to help vision therapy uh, it's not a visual problem. Actually, it's, an, it's a processing problem. So information goes into the brain and uh, does not go directly to the right area. So it, if they, they actually did functional MRIs at Yale to watch the, the patterns, the neural pathways of good readers and poor readers and found that the poor reader's path was convoluted, went all over the place trying to get to the reading center of the brain. So, so it's
0: classified then as a learning disability, right?
2: Well, yes. Yes, it is. Um, It's definitely um, a disability in the sense that if you're in school and, you know, your parents are trying to teach you to read or you're in school trying to learn to read, it's very difficult with the methods that most schools use. I actually prefer to look at it as a learning difference. Okay. Um, You know, as a Christian, I believe that God created our children the way that they are and that he doesn't make mistakes and that he created them with purpose. But yes, I mean, it is considered a learning disability, uh, and it does look like that in the early years.
1: Okay. So wh- I would love to hear what it was in your children that you saw initially that maybe tipped you off that something wasn't quite typical.
2: Sure. Uh, well, you know, our oldest son, Zach, you know, your your firstborns, are they're always so bright and precocious and huge vocabulary and just very... Um, clearly a very bright child so we started teaching him we started homeschooling him when he was four and a half and he um he just could not remember the patterns of reading at all he couldn't remember he could remember his sounds okay um but he couldn't remember a single rule and if we would um if we would read, he would read something and then he'd have the same word on the next line, but he wouldn't remember it. And I, I'd just be pulling my hair out going, what are you doing? You know, the word <laughs> was right there. You just spent five minutes sounding it out and now you can't remember it. So that was kind of our tip. We we just it didn't equate. How could he be so bright and have such a huge vocabulary? Yet he can't sound out a simple, you know, even three-letter words were not he wasn't fluent at all. And, you know, any kind of four letter word, any kind of simple words, he was about seven and a half. And we had him tested at a local Christian school that had an educational psychologist who was able to do some testing. And that's when we learned about dyslexia.
1: So when you hear a new mom, say, or a mom who's just getting started homeschooling, and they they they're seeing some things that concern them, what do you what do you generally say?
2: Uh, The first thing I usually would tell a mom in that kind of situation is not to freak out. You know, reading is such a big deal, especially to homeschool moms. But across the board, you know, we all believe strongly in reading how important that is for life success. And it's true. It is. So the initial reaction is to kind of freak out. And so first of all, I'd say, you know, just relax, take a deep breath. And the second thing is to get educated, because really, dyslexia affects a lot more areas than just reading. Unfortunately, it affects spelling. It can affect handwriting. Um, a lot of kids with dyslexia, about 40%, 50% will have some kind of attention issue like ADD or ADHD, which affects organization, motivation. Um, and so it's really important for parents to get educated on what dyslexia is and what it isn't, start teaching their kids so that they can understand, and then Lastly, I'd say get a good reading program, whether you hire an Orton-Gillingham tutor or you buy a program to use at home. There's a couple of great programs for use at home all about reading. Um, the Susan Barton program is very good. Uh, they're both very easy for parents to use at home and, and start working with them with a program that will work.
0: Now, I want to just ask a couple of clarifying questions here that I might interject in the earlier conversation. Um, There is no. uh, Just to clarify, there is no physical damage to uh, brains of dyslexics. It's purely a processing. Do we know yet?
2: Yes, uh, dyslexia is is a wiring difference, and um, it is actually genetic. So one of the ways to determine. Uh, whether or not your child has dyslexia is to read through a list of signs, which is I have lists on my website, homeschoolingwithdyslexia.com. Uh, if your child has three or more signs and a close relative with dyslexia, um, it's that's a dead giveaway. And so, yes, it's actually genetic.
0: And then one more that you just said in Kendra's answer, but I want it just for a clean connection here. Um, are there any other... Um, learning differences that are connected to dyslexia, like uh, you said attention deficit? Um, are there anything else where you go, hey, if, if you struggle with this, you may also want to look at dyslexia?
2: Um, well, here's, here's the deal. So people with dyslexia will always struggle with spelling. So if your child struggles with spelling um, then and they're not a great reader or slow reader, they may be mildly dyslexic. Every kid or adult, even with dyslexia, is different. So, some people have auditory processing glitches, so that what they hear doesn't go where it's supposed to go quickly. They need longer to to be able to um, process or audio information. Some people have more of a visual processing glitch. Um, not all people with dyslexia have attention issues. Um, and so, so it, it varies quite a bit. Um, dysgraphia is difficulty with handwriting. That often goes hand in hand with dyslexia. Uh, dyscalculia, which is just trouble with math sense, is also some, is often found with kids with dyslexia. And they don't fully understand the connections right now. They don't know why this is the case. Um, so it's not a hard and fast rule, but there are some connections that are there.
0: Now, uh, being a kid that came out of the 80s, um, it seems to me the only connection, and this is before we homeschooled, the only connection I had with dyslexia was the idea or the concept that people reversed things. Is yes. that still uh-huh. a fact, or is that like, well, that's not it anymore?
2: Well, yes. Um, that is just one of many signs of dyslexia, and all kids reverse letters and numbers, uh, but so just... If it's going to be an indicator of dyslexia, it's going to be after first grade, Um, you know, after six or seven years old. If they're still reversing uh, their symbols, then that's a sign of dyslexia. And it's just the way they're processing. They they see things often um, kind of three-dimensionally so that – they're used to flipping images around in their head. They have this uncanny ability to be able to make movies in their heads of what. They, that's why a lot of inventors are dyslexic. They can actually conceptualize elaborate things in their heads and move things around with little trouble, but get them to actually say them or write them, it's quite difficult.
0: All right, so um, I'm not looking for a diagnosis. <laughs>
2: he's, um, he's sitting here staring at me like. <gasps>
0: Are you kidding me? <laughs> the light bulb's um, so, as a dentist, um, I mean, for 20 years. That's why I'm. I, I started off saying, "Is this still the case?" Because for 25 years of doing dentistry, I cannot take what I see and then transfer that. And and the big one is phone numbers. Like I, I every time I not every time, but a lot of the time, I call the wrong number, and I go, "I said it in my mind. I saw it in my mind. It just didn't." go that way. But the number one test I passed on dental school was the ability to flip and rotate things in my mind.
2: Very interesting. So I mean, did did you have trouble learning to read as a kid?
0: I hate reading. It mm-hmm. is a chore for me to read. So we've talked now, about this with Kendra like I I just can't stick with it.
2: Here's here's you brought up a really interesting concept, Fletch, and I, I'm glad that you brought it up because there's something um, called the two E child or twice exceptional, and what that is is a is ch- a child or an adult who's very bright, like on the gifted range, who also has dyslexia or ADD or dyscalculia or dysgraphia. Um, their, their their intelligence masks a lot of the signs of dyslexia because they're able to compensate with, you know, elaborate memory strategies or what have you. Um, and so what the, the, it's diff- more difficult to diagnose, um, perhaps in your case. I don't know if that's the case, but I'm just saying that. I have a ridiculous definitely-
0: memory. That's the crazy thing. Like to this day, we joke and I tell people, I still know my locker combination from junior high i know <laughs> telephone numbers it's, it is so ridiculous back to childhood yeah. so but <laughs> he beats
1: he beats us all at trivial pursuit like we won't even play with him anymore because his knowledge of
0: <laughs> but that doesn't help me at all, you know, when I'm trying to study biochemistry and I can't read the book. So anyhow.
2: Well there's there's different kinds of memory too. There's there's long term memory, which is what you're talking about, and there's short term memory or working memory. And a lot of kids with dyslexia or adults with dyslexia have working memory deficits. And that's like what you're talking about. That's like someone telling you a phone number and then you need to remember it to dial it back or say you have a math problem that has several steps. Uh, you have to hold one number in your head, right? And then continue to, to calculate with using that number. Um, so that's, that is actually a sign, um, of dyslexia, a poor working memory.
0: Hey, uh, hurlers. I don't know if you know what's happening here, but you know, Fletch is figuring something else about himself as he's talking. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to get over your website. Marianne, Are homeschoolers at a disadvantage, and I think you already answered this, but my question is along the lines are, does the public school system do better at um, deciphering this in kids than we as homeschooling parents have done, or is it just a big mix-up?
2: That's a great question uh, because you would think – that the schools, being the educational experts that they are, would be the place to send your kids with dyslexia. But that is absolutely not the case. They, There's no training um, for normally credentialed teachers, you know, bachelor's degree. Uh, they have no training in dyslexia. Even masters reading specialists with a master's degree have maybe a semester on reading difficulties, uh, which would encompass every type of reading difficulty, brain damage, Down syndrome, autism, uh, you know, other physical disabilities, including uh, dyslexia. And they really do not teach these, uh, you know, these methods that work, which are 100 years old. You know, Orton and Gillingham were researching dyslexia. Or they, they called it word blindness back at, in the early 1900s. So the information is there, but the schools are woefully behind. And, you know, to hire a specialist to come in and tutor children is expensive, so there's a little bit of a pushback there when parents want to uh, get their kids tested and uh, there's a lack of knowledge, there's a lack of motivation to spend the money. Um, I've, I have, There's a chapter on that in my book. I wrote a book called Dyslexia 101 and it was meant to be a parent's kind of quick start guide to understanding what you need to know. If you want to know you know the research and so on you need to read overcoming dyslexia by sally shawitz but my book dyslexia 101 talks about uh, there's a whole chapter on the public schools and um you know how to get testing and how to get help but the reality is that they don't test for dyslexia they test for eligibility are you and they often want you to be behind a couple of years it's just it's a mess wow. it really is a wow. mess that i talk really interesting yeah, I talked to a lot of parents who have pulled their children out of school because the anxiety and depression that their kids are feeling being in that situation day after day where they just really can't keep up. Uh, and now homeschooling, on the flip side, you have a ton of freedom. They can learn at their own pace. Uh, you know, they're not defined by their lack of ability to read. They have a lot of time to pursue their interests. Um you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic environment for children with any kind of learning disability, I think, to, to learn at their own pace, to learn things that interest them, and to not be defined by their disability.
0: Hey, this is Fletch, and I want you to listen to one of my favorite sounds. Mm, that is the sound of hot water being pushed through freshly ground coffee, which eventually leads to the pouring of coffee and then the drinking of coffee. One of my favorite things to do. You know, this podcast is sponsored in part by Caroline's Coffee out of Grass Valley, California. They are hand roasting coffee, hand packaging it, and sending it directly to your doorstep. And if you look at it, the cost of buying coffee online and having it sent to your door uh, can sometimes be cheaper than the coffee you buy in the store. Now, I realize if you buy cheap coffee and all you want is canned, stale coffee, well, you'll be able to beat the price any day. But if you want freshly roasted, hand-roasted coffee, That's a coffee bean you choose uh, You know, buying coffee online and sending it to your door That's the way to do it And Caroline's Coffee is the place to do it Especially when you use our code Which is H-I-R-L for Hurl Our hurlers can go to carolinescoffee.com And get 10% off any coffee you want You know, that's something I want you to do As a listener of this podcast, uh, I'd love you to go to Caroline's Coffee and buy a pound of coffee. Try it yourself and tell me if you agree that this is really, really good coffee. You know, it's a way to sponsor a free podcast. Uh, Do something you love. Get a pound of coffee. Help us and help Caroline's Coffee. Hey, thanks for doing that. And tell them that Fletch and Kendra sent you. And we are back. You are listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is episode 71 Homeschooling with Dyslexia. We are in the middle of a conversation with Marianne Sunderland, the author of Dyslexia 101. And so let's jump back into that conversation right now.
1: Marianne, you mentioned something that is very uh, near and dear to my heart in terms of homeschooling, and that is this freedom that our kids have to pursue things that truly interest them and that they learn naturally and on their own and just take off with. So I would love to hear how in your home you've been able to see that play out in the lives of your kids.
2: Sure. Yeah, I have kind of a unique opportunity, and so do you, I think, Kendra, having older children, to to look back at their childhood and see how different um, experiences in their lives have formed them and made them, you know, the adults that they are, young adults that they are. So, you know, I, I, one of the examples that I love to talk about is our daughter, Abby, who's um, almost 22 now. And when she was a kid, she just loved animals. She just loved, loved, loved animals. And so uh, we'd go to the library and check out stacks of books on animals, being a vet, how to train your rabbit, you know, all these different crazy things. And the thing was, is I had all these little guys, you know, she was number two and we have, we had just little babies and toddlers. And so I really wasn't able to read to her all these books. And so what, what happened was is that as a dis- mildly dyslexic kid, she was about 9 or 10, and she would get these books, and she'd had all the phonics instruction, but she really couldn't read independently very well, anything of significance, you know, just basic readers. She she would pull these books out, and she would wrestle with them for the four weeks that she was allowed to keep them, and she, it was through that process that she actually cracked the code of reading it was during that time that she learned to read independently fairly well actually so it was that interest driven learning that forced her to crack the code you see what I'm saying so you know right now my 12 year old is dyslexic and we're doing an IEW course and uh her she loves to write And so she's pouring through her student reference guide, reading these long lists of five cents words and L-Y words. (laughs) And I'm struggling. I'm like, you got to do math and you got to do this. And I'm thinking, no, I'm going to let her go with it because she's learning about a month's worth or many months worth of work in one week, right? Yeah. Because of her interest because she wants to write a great paper and read it out loud to her class next week. So I'm letting her do that. And hoping that we get to math and other things later. So is, I don't know if that is that's what you were thinking. Well, of?
0: yeah, I was going to say a lot of ways. That's the carrot that's out there because I know even with my own reading dis, uh, disabilities, I, if I found something I wanted, I would go after it with a passion. If it was a, it didn't matter if it was a story or a concept that I wanted to learn, um, I could go through a, a technical journal to figure out how to do a podcast. <laughs> like I'll read that till the you know the cows come home. But it you know, if I had to sit and read something that just bored the snot out of me, forget it. I was done. Exactly. And that's more and- than boredom. It was more than boredom. It was like, this is a chore. I'm having to, you know, take notes on almost every sentence to get this. Yeah. So
2: Right. And and what you're describing really is I think it's really important for homeschoolers or non-homeschoolers to step back and look at your long-term goals. You know, what do you want your kids? as adults, because one day you're going to be done and they're going to move out, what do you want them to be able to do? Do you want them to be able to learn, you know, be a lifelong learner is is a term that people use, a person who knows how to get information, who hasn't had their love of learning squashed, who hasn't had their confidence squashed, right? You have to do this and you have to do that and we don't have time for this. And, you know, I think one of the problems that takes place in homeschooling one of the biggest problems is that, you know, moms are just no fun. You know, they're just like, <laughs> we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do this. We got to do that. Because we're stressed. We're worried. We're anxious. And and we should not be. We should not be. The process works. It really does. You You allow your children to pursue their interests. I mean – yeah, you know, there's unschooling, and I, I think I would fail miserably at that because I'd just be on Facebook all day and my kids would be, <laughs> you know, lighting the house on fire somewhere. So I have, I have to have some control over what my kids are doing. But there's something to that idea of allowing your kids, you know, giving them a little bit, igniting the fire, kindling the fire, right? And then your kids go with that, um, and then you, know, you kindle the fire a little bit more, but it doesn't need to be eight hours, you know, in fifty-minute segments and three hours of homework to accomplish that.
0: She uh, she said her husband the, the dads are cool.
2: Her husband is a flipping sailor. Of course he's cool. Like if
0: I had that option, I'd be like, no, I don't want to stay here. I'd rather go out sailing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so for the brand new homeschooler. I think that's a really difficult concept to get because we think, oh no, if I you know let them go off on this tangent and all they read about is rabbits for three months, you know, <laughs> or if we we go over here and all we do is is build things out of cardboard, which is what our eight year old does all day long, then you know w- we're gonna miss this and there's not gonna be that and they're not gonna learn this. And I think, Marianne, that some of what you're saying comes as we become more comfortable and confident as homeschooling parents. Do, do you agree? with that
2: absolutely yeah I really do there's a fine art to being able to assess progress you know in my um when I watch my kids like for example my kids lately keep wanting to build forts outside and so you know when I'm like working with Lawrence in the morning and we're drinking coffee and typing invoices or whatever you know before I can catch them and make them do stuff they're supposed to do they're outside building a fort and I'm like oh Gosh, you know, they're having so much fun and it's so quiet inside. And hmm. But the idea of monitoring progress over perfection, you know, that we've you've heard this over and over, and I'm a big Charlotte Mason fan that curriculum is not your master, it's a tool. Right. And if your kids, your kids don't need to be start their third grade math curriculum the first day of third grade. They, They just don't. They, as long as they're progressing, you know, you're watching them. Are they interested? Are, you know, parents know when their kids are being lazy sure. or manipulative, right? That's different. right? But but if you don't get to math every day, but your kids are building forts and built levers and pulleys, right? You know, that's yeah, math. Absolutely. And so, you know, there's, I think lately you, I've been reading more and more about the lack of play time and how critically important that it is for a child's development, brain development, so, you know, there, it's it's a, a matter of watching for progress, not needing perfection. But yeah, I think it definitely comes over time.
0: All right. So if we've had a listener that's on here and they're saying, oh, man, this conversation has been great. I didn't realize maybe I have someone I need to evaluate for dyslexia. Um, and I love the term learning difference. Um, where where are we going from here? Is it, hey, uh, pick up Marianne's book. That's the, the good first step because that's a, a brief kind of synopsis. Or what's the suggestion you have for these homeschooled parents?
2: Um, so here's the deal with testing. Uh, if a child is bright, can hear and see well, and struggles with reading, then it's 99% chance that the child has dyslexia. So... Why should you get a child tested? Um, in the public school, you need a diagnosis to get accommodations and remediation. You need to get the help that you need, to, to be able to dictate your papers, to be able to have untimed tests, those kinds of things. You need to have a diagnosis. But if you're homeschooling, um, you really don't need that. Uh, the reasons why I recommend getting testing are, there's a couple reasons. One is family members who are doubting. You know, they're skeptics. They believe all the myths about dyslexia. So that sometimes it's a good idea to just have a dyslexia dyslexia diagnosis that you can flop down on the table and say, here, there it is. Another reason is if you have an older child who maybe got slipped through the cracks, maybe they're not so severely dyslexic. So they're kind of reading, but they're struggling. And, you know, if you get to be 12 years old and you're not a very good reader, there's a good chance you feel stupid. And so another reason to get testing is to get that IQ test, to get that IQ number. And I know for my son who was about 12 when he was tested, my profoundly dyslexic son, it was a huge relief to him to see that his IQ was actually high. He had these processing glitches, severe processing glitches, right? So that was another reason. And another reason is if you think you're going to put your kids in school or as you get closer to high school, about ninth grade, it's not a bad idea to have your child tested and get a diagnosis on the record. So if they decide to go to a four-year school and take the SAT or that ACT, they can get accommodations on that. You'll need to have testing within three years to um, get accommodations on the SAT. And jump through a myriad of other hoops, by the way. So that's, that's on my website uh, the information about that, but so you don't necessarily need to get your child tested unless you know you feel compelled to. It's very expensive,
0: and if they're going to try, and the, a good first step though maybe it might be to stop by your website. For absolutely information?
2: Mm-hmm. there's a there's actually a tab called start here okay so it kind of leads you through the basic information on my site um, my book is it's available on kindle it's a pdf that you can buy a paperback if you prefer that and i also have a series of classes for parents um because like i said dyslexia does affect a lot of different areas and and for me I know that getting educated has been one of the most empowering things that I have done with educating my kids. Like I actually really enjoy teaching my dyslexic kids Now I'm tutoring my eight and five year olds in reading, and i I see i I can see it coming. I know when we're having a bad day and I know how to modify. <laughs> you know we're not it, it's not going in today, and that happens with dyslexic kids. Um, I've modified how he does his handwriting because. He has dysgraphia. It's difficult for him to write. So he doesn't even know he has trouble writing because we've modified it. So my classes, they're a great intensive look at the facts and research mixed with my own personal experience and how we handle things in our own home. And so um, my readers who, who have taken the classes have been very happy with how, you know, it just gives them a picture, I suppose, of, of what dyslexia is and what it looks like and how to handle it.
1: Marianne, thank you so much for all of your information and your time. Uh, You are well-respected by me
0: (laughs) and by others in the homeschooling
1: community. Likewise. And uh, we are just so appreciative that you shared with our listeners today. Yeah,
0: thanks very much.
2: Oh, my pleasure. I really enjoyed it.
0: All right, super cool show tonight. As we were recording this, I was like light bulbs going on in my head saying, Sounds like me. It was like that time I listened to the Stuff You Should Know podcast yeah. about gluten. Like, right. I was like Mr. Skeptic about gluten allergies. And then I'm listening to the podcast and I had my ear pods on in the car and I looked over and I said, Oh my goodness, I think I have a problem with gluten. <laughs> and in fact, I do. So, yeah. anyhow, uh, great conversation with Marianne. Ken, did you pull anything away from that you want to talk about?
1: Well, I'm wondering actually if you take that test and you find out you're dyslexic, do do I have to homeschool you?
0: you know it's just going to answer things for me (laughs) you know the thing that appealed most to me and it's funny you were joking about it but the idea that you compensate yeah like I have found myself compensating educationally like I'll do a workaround for how I'll get this and I invent little ways to memorize things because I just had such a hard time retaining knowledge and
1: you know it's impressive Fletch is you have a lot of education and you are a guy who likes knowledge and likes to learn new things and is constantly learning new things. So, I, hey, hats off to you, man.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes. So if you want to talk about this some more, uh, if you want to reach uh, out to us and let us know you know where you are on this topic, that's great. If you want to reach us, you can get us on Facebook at facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. You can tweet to us at homeschool IRL. Or you can email us, info at homeschoolingirl.com. And Kenj, what do we have coming up in the next show? This next show is based on a a letter.
1: Well, it is. It's based on a letter, actually. Get get this. It's from Shauna, the Coffee Girl. Oh. <laughs>
0: wow she got a double reference on tonight's show
1: yeah and you know what you guys here's the thing we're getting so many good letters and questions and responses that we are going to start turning some of these into entire episodes and this next episode is going to be on teens and social media
0: so what's it called do we have a title for it? teens and social media teens and social media next week hey until then uh, we want to thank you for listening to tonight's show and we will talk to you next time
1: The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Every show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information on this podcast or to contact your hosts, please visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.